So Cormac, what's quiet quitting? What is this? Well, I was this new phenomenon. You know, it's it's funny as like you know people are just like sending memes to me and links talking about quiet quitting, and I was like, I guess I head down in work mode. I didn't really know that this was a thing. It's funny when yeah, you're you're like I'm not aware of this because I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and which is funny cuz that was that was very much the thing is just like oh, wait, quiet quitting. Yeah. At first I was just like is is it like an Irish goodbye where they just like hey, I'm not coming into work on Monday but not telling anybody. And then just you know just like yeah, yeah. So, like, let's define it because this idea—it's not quitting at all, right? It's it—it's like I'm gonna stop hustling. Is kind of what it is. I'm gonna stop going above and beyond because uh, I want work-life balance. I mean, so this this term "quiet quitting," I guess, came from uh, somebody's um, TikTok video. They kind of named it earlier this year, and it's really catching on as a description, a word, whatever you want, a meme, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But it's uh, like very much about rejecting hustle culture and therefore burnout. I think that's kind of the idea. Right, right. It, it's funny because then people send me the, you know, these memes. And then I happen to notice the conversation going on the Andre Architect page where, you know, people on Facebook and they're, you know, talking about quiet quitting. And, and I was just like... The, one of one of the comments that stood out to me was this. Basically, it was just like quiet quitting, you know, bah humbug kind of thing. It was almost like, uh, and I'm I, I I can't for for the life of me I can't remember, but I I remember the gist of what the comment was, is that they basically said whatever happened to you know it's just like quiet quitting, that's a joke. Whatever happened to actually just doing the job that needs to get done and doing, you know, and just working as long as it takes. <laughs> Very much an architecture mentality, not just architects, but yeah. Yeah. And, and that was, that was really it. I was just like, what an architect's response. Yes, totally. That you was know? unexpected. Hmm. <laughs> it was, it was, it was totally, it was just like, are you, okay. So, so here you are. I mean, and and there was a lot of people who were very much in support of of that concept. It's just because, like, as as we've sort of talked, it's like you know maybe we have it wrong. Where this old school way of thinking about it is just like you know whatever happened to just doing the job and getting it done, and you know just shutting up and blah blah blah, paying you, your dues and yeah, exactly all the stuff. And it's just like the way that we have conversations with clients. If you're you're doing above and beyond what you're contracted to do for them, you're basically pissing away your own money, your own profits. You're giving it away for free. And that's the same as, you know, somebody who is working in a firm because yeah, we we may work eighty hours, but only get paid for forty. So the question is: is why are we pay, you know why are we working for eighty? I mean, why this are we working eighty? Yeah, this reminds me of Andrew Maynard's uh, early early blog post that I remember reading. He's an Australian architect, very uh, well. I mean, it's a great firm; they do great work. Um, he was when he started his career, though it was very much like he kept the employee handbook on his desk. 
and I think we've talked about this. I mean, we we have been doing this podcast a long time, so I don't remember entirely, but this was probably like, you know, seven or eight years ago that we talked about this. And it was like, here's what it says in the employee manual, and this is what I'm going to do. This is how you, this is the rules you hired me under. This is what I agreed to and what you agreed to, period. I'm not going to do the all-nighters. I'm not going to do the above and beyond kind of stuff because he respected himself, right? I think that, that it was more, it wasn't like a, a big, you know, F you, I don't, I don't respect you or anything like that, but it was like, you are going to respect the rules. Both of us are going to respect the rules that you wrote as the corporation. Right. And, and it was like the shock and awe that the establishment had over that kind of a perspective was palpable <laughs> to say the least. So very interesting now that here we are again, and now there's like a, a name and a, and a meme. And of course, it's just a, attributed to Gen Z because they're the only ones, you know, they're, they're these kids these days, right? But, but basically, it's about reprioritizing work-life balance, right? That, that's the idea here is that, is that uh, I respect myself and I respect my, I have boundaries and you should respect those too, because those are the, that's the rule set that we both agreed to when employment was established. It's, it's, it, it is, I saw somebody giving advice this week on Twitter to, for somebody else to, to quiet quit. <laughs> yeah. So, so here I'm going to, I'm going to quote one of these. My thoughts on quiet quitting have always been the same. If someone isn't producing, replace them so that they can uh, find some place that they would rather work or not work. I, I think that there's just, a, there's confusion over the, they're, they're jumping to conclusions by hearing that term. Exactly. You know, so yeah, I was a little, little confused. Well, I wasn't really confused. It was just like, okay, I haven't heard the term quiet quitting before. What does that mean? And when I read it, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, why, why would you, I was like, I don't necessarily know if I would frame it as quiet quitting. It, it literally is setting boundaries. Um, it isn't laziness. It's not about laziness. Yeah, exactly. It isn't about laziness. It isn't about a lack of um, professionalism. It is about saying, you know, Hey, what if we need to work um, 80 hours? Then maybe you should restructure this particular project so we don't have to work 80 hours. Maybe we should stop saying to a client, yes, I can get it done in half the time by working my people double time. You know, things like that. And, and this is actually one of the many things that has contributed to this what was it? The the Great Resignation, as well as um, looking at all of these job postings and seeing tons and tons of job postings. Because when you, when you see see um, these little videos and stuff, and it's just like this one was like you know this Gen X or sorry Gen Z or was uh, interviewing, and they're just like you know tell me why we should hire you, and they're just like no 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 tell me why you should hire me. Why are there so many openings? Why, you know, are people, you know, like quitting, you know, I mean, you know, tell me the story. And he's like, you, they put the interviewee on like the defensive and, you know, and it's funny because it's not really that far from the accurate truth of what you should be doing. It's like, why do you have so many openings? I mean, are, are you taking on too many projects that you can't handle? And so you're trying to basically, go out there and, and pick up as many people with a breath and a pulse as you possibly can. 
and dump you know more and more people at the project, whether they're qualified or not, um, just so that you can continue to keep asking for more and more projects. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think that it it should be about rejecting this hustle culture and burnout more than anything. And so when you talk about, you know, people should just be happy that they even have these jobs, you know, like that kind of mentality, then, you know, and, and getting rid of people who go find somewhere else to, to kind of work or not work. Right. Um, I, I don't know that you're creating a place where people are finding meaning in the work they're doing. And I don't, I get it. Like that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. And maybe you've got, you know, years or decades or more of history of not providing that for employees either. Right. So once the boat's in motion, it's kind of hard to, to turn it as well when you, when you have a, a big ship. So what are you doing to create a place that people want to work at and want to do are excited to go work at? Let's just frame it like that, like that, because what we're talking about here with quiet quitting is it's the opposite of that, right? It's like people are just clocking in and clocking out because they're not excited about going to work or, or the work that they're doing or the projects that they're on or the people they have to work with, or, you know, there's a lot of different, different things there. Well, I, I totally agree with you 100%, except for, let me add a little bit to that. Even if you're excited about the job that you do and the work that you do and the product that you're producing in our case buildings does it necessarily mean that you should give more time i mean we're in a culture right now where we're overworking ourselves under living and i don't know if that's a term it is now in the the as we've talked about on numerous occasions the life work balance is so out of whack that all people are trying to do is reclaim a little bit of their life and 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 honestly set the boundaries of saying you know yeah i i'll have no problem with giving you some extra hours here extra hours there if it's rewarding and fulfilling and then i'm actually doing you know something that i enjoy and we enjoy and we're producing something fantastic but well or compensated for in some way right like this this actually just shows the the slippery slope that architecture has been on for such a long time by creating these bad habits and building them into the way that we practice architecture, right? This is the status quo of like, this is how you do it. You spend all the time that there possibly is working on the project before it's due. That's how you do it, right? And and everybody now, well, not everybody, but groups and groups of people are, are realizing like that does, that's not sustainable, that's why we have the great resignation. I, I'm going to make a new term, the great resignation. And and then there's quiet quitting and there's mental health problems in the profession and there's toxic education cultures and there's toxic work cultures and there's the threats of unionization. And there's all of these kind of cultural and social things that have specifically to do with architecture and at least in this context. And it's very much like systemic issues. Like these are not just and and I, I guess where I'm where I'm thinking the, the one of the biggest breakdowns here is that when we've talked about this before, like you've got to pay your dues because I had to pay mine, that kind of a mentality. We're seeing it now with loan forgiveness too, right? Like, oh my God, we can't give people that money for free because I had to pay mine, right? It's like there, there's so much of this mentality in the profession, which is, you know, I suffered and now you get to suffer too. And 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 that is those are the people complaining about all these issues in that way. 
Yeah, please don't get me started on that that topic because <laughs> okay, I have a <laughs> lot of change the subject. Have, yeah, I have a lot of opinions <laughs> about that. So let me let me kind of like read another quote, um, or at least a clip of a quote. the The full quote's very lengthy, but this particular one is right on par with what you and I were just kind of talking about. To me, quiet quitting is symptomatic of an unhealthy office culture and job minded rather than career minded people and organizations. If you if you're quiet quitting, you might as well real quit and go f- work for an organization that's a better workplace cultural fit. Which, yes, but that still doesn't necessarily fix the overall systemic problem. In you know they're they're talking about unhealthy office culture. We, I think you and I have you, we we know enough people to know that. It's not just a little bit here, a little bit there. It is a very profession-wide systemic problem. And what's funny is these articles are not specific to architecture at all, but we're totally (laughs) making it that way. uh, Absolutely. Because, I mean, there's like 200 plus comments on just the Entree Architect, um, you know, website or that, or Facebook page that is very much specifically about quiet quitting within the profession. And it is so interesting to see the back and forth between these conversations that are really talking about basically maintaining status quo. It's like, why are you not trying to give a little bit extra? I mean, don't you want to learn, you know, don't you want to like further your career? And, and, you know, isn't this part of like your, your uh, professional development, your professional growth, like to overwork and burn myself out. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a like, career goal of mine. Just, well, I think that, and that's one of the things that I come back to is, is everybody should be as miserable as I am. Like that's, that's the vibe that you're sending off. And I don't, man, wow. That's what do you expect to happen? And, and you should be happy. You have a job kind of, of, of a thing. And, and okay, I get it. Like finding a doer is actually difficult. I, I see this, like I'm, I'm a doer. I see that there's a, I see it in my kids. I see, <laughs> I see it all over the place. People are unwilling to do things and I'm willing to do them. And so, oh my gosh, like I posted this, this, I retweeted a tweet on, on Twitter the other day and it was this paper making. Have you seen this video? I, I'll have to find a link to it because it, this process of making paper, seriously, it seemed like it took five years to make these sheets of paper by hand, like crushing the pulp, like growing the plants, crushing the pulp, running it through this, filtering it through that, redoing it again, cutting it up, smashing it, cutting it, you know, and it was just like, and it was so funny because it was a TikTok video posted on, on Twitter. So it was a long video, like five minutes plus. <laughs> it's a long video nowadays. Oh, I sound old, but it's, it's like you watch the whole thing and, and it's kind of interspersed with these shots of, of cats like laying around <laughs> it was hilarious and i and my comment on this video was i am the the guy making the paper and my kids are the cats right like that is that is the general mentality towards work so i it is hard to find doers within the doer mentality is more of an intrinsically motivated person right and if somebody is not naturally an intrinsically motivated person or they don't have that self-awareness. I'm sure it's more complicated than I'm making it out to be, but they're not going to become one period. Like they're not wired like that. And so they need to do other kinds of jobs. And so I've always wondered like in a firm, 
can we just be honest and say there's some people here who are just clocking in and clocking out who should just work on the portable projects on schools because they're the most boring, but they make a lot of money and we're going to use that money to feed the machine and keep the business running. And those that are the doers, the intrinsically motivated, the people with a vision can work on more meaningful stuff to them and figure out the next business model that's going to work in this firm. Because we can't just keep doing that soul-crushing, you know, the, the thing that just drives morale down. Like, But what's funny is people are, there are a lot of people who are just perfectly happy doing that kind of work. So can we just be honest about that and say, like, no, you're going to do this. We, here's the expectations for that kind of work. It's important to the company. It's important to the whole endeavor. It's important to m- ensuring that these other things can happen, Right. And then there's this whole other, I don't even want to call it like a class, but but that's kind of how I, I th- it, it's actually bad to think of it as a class, but it's, it's like, there's, there's another category of, of people. And, and I think what I see happen a lot is this confusion that everybody is like me. And we've talked about this a lot on this show before too, right? Everybody, not only they're actually, they're not like me, but they should be like me. And I, that I don't, that's not possible. Like that's, you, you have to work really hard to find the people that are going to be like you in air quotes. If you want them to work like you in air quotes, right? Well, but, but then I always say, analyze you. If you're the person who say is looking down upon these people who are quiet quitting who are, you know, basically giving you that effective. What are you modeling, right? You know, what exactly, what are you modeling? You're, you're basically saying, Hey, be like me, somebody who doesn't plan very well, who has to overwork to yeah, the last minute, you know, to, to stay on par with everything. And if I'm always the person who, like, what is the one thing that engineers hate the most? architects who continue to keep designing and they can never keep up with like the constant changes and stuff. And and so, you know, we always say, okay, well, to be able to avoid that, you know, we're going to do like a model freeze and we'll, you know, send you off this and you work on that. But then, you know, we continue to keep working on it above and beyond the model freeze, which, you know, then always gets us called out as, you know, oh, you guys know that you're not coordinated. Well, that is just a micro view of the big problem. And so if you zoom out to that macro view and you look at the profession wide, you're like, okay, well, if you're not planning around a project where you're, I'll give you a good example. I, I, have to go into Dell Tech. I know you love Dell Tech. <laughs> you know, not a sponsor. <laughs> but but you go into Dell Tech and you do your work plan. And For those you, of you who don't know what Dell Tech is, yeah. Don't, yes, don't I don't even. <laughs> so so anyway, you 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 do your work plan and and so I take all of the all of the people who are working on my project and I basically plan out their week. If we've got a 40 hour week and they're a hundred percent, you know, they're hundred percent to our project, then, you know, I'll put in 40 hours per week. Well, then you go in and you can actually track, you know, what is your planned hours versus what your actual hours are. Now you can then see that there's like this, okay, you planned and here's, here's your plan curve. Your plan curve shows, you know, like all of the hours as you're ramping up through projects and all that other stuff. And then it shows like the actual hours that are being 
applied to it. Some people, you know, might have a lower curve that's under the 40 hours. Some people may have like this huge mountainous Everest level spike in it and stuff like that. And it completely throws things off. So you're literally asking people to, because of the way that we planned it, rather than looking at it and saying, huh, can we get however many buildings done or a building done in this amount of time? And then you plan it all out and you're like, well, you know, that's really pushing it. You know, we really could be able to do this more effectively that we're not killing everybody if we added another, you know, four, six, eight weeks to a project. Like, okay, well, try to compress that time and just push everybody harder. Well, yeah. And then like understaff the project now, then throw a bunch of bodies at it later. I mean, that's like recipe for success, right? Of course. I mean, you know, I mean, the best thing to do is that, you know, when you're in like your crunch time and you have absolutely no open time to be able to onboard people, tell them about the project who has never seen the project before in their life and actually effectively be able to help you with your, you know, documentation or whatever. But I think we can comfortably say that is the business model for 80%, 90% of the firms. Probably. I'll, I'll read you one more. And, and this is, this is uh, well, well said. I'll even say Grant, Grant Norby, well said. Because realize that nobody values my time as much as my wife and children did. And I owed them to be a present father. They never signed up to sacrifice that time together. I had no right to take it from them. I give work a really effective 40, possibly 50 hours. Beyond that, maybe plan better. Mm-hmm. Boom. Like, Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> exactly. Like, well said. Because I think there, there's that because, the, the oh, man, so many, so many thoughts and emotions. Because typically the people who are leading don't have the same life issues you do, right? And so when I've got four teenagers and you've got two kids who have graduated college, we're not in the same lifestyle. And yet there's an expectation that my hours are just as available as your hours. I see that all the time. Actually, the ones that piss me off the most is when you have like, say, you know, a principal or somebody like that who has, you know, kid responsibilities and stuff. And they're like, oh, well, I got to leave at five so I can you know, go and take care of my kids or pick them up from school and all that other stuff. And that's great. You should. I mean, absolutely should. But don't ask your single employees to stay later to cover you and, you know, do the work that because of your poor planning. How about say, hey, let's go ahead and, you know, hey, I got to leave. Make sure you guys, uh, um, you know, wrap up and head out now too. I mean, that's what, <laughs> that's leadership. So, <laughs> I want to share you this little uh, anecdote that I, so we were talking with our fire and life safety uh, engineer on the, on the project I'm working on and he's, he was traveling. And so he was working out of an architecture firm in Copenhagen. And so he was just, you know, sharing, you know, he was like using the, you know, one of their small conference rooms as kind of like his little home base while he was working with them on their projects and all that other stuff. And I was on a call with him and it was, I think it was like 4.45, 4.50 PM, his time. And he's like, Hey everyone, you know, I, I just got to let you, let you know that I, I'm going to need to be wrapping this up in the next couple of minutes because they're locking up the office and kicking us all out at five. I'm like, wait, what? That's how you do it. <laughs> like, wait, I'm sorry. I, I, I 
not sure I actually heard or understood that. That's like how normal business runs, right? Like, so they're saying, let's finish, you know, like we're only paying you to be here till five. We don't really want you to be here beyond five. So guess what we're going to do? We're going to close up and kick you out. Right. I'm the like, store is now closing. Please, <laughs> please head to the nearest exit. <laughs> so, so it was funny. It was like, so then I had this like pause in my voice. Of course, I was trying to pick my job off the ground, but he was just like, you know, Cormac, are you still there? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Lord. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm wiping the tears uh, out of my eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's like the most beautiful thing that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I've oh. never lived it, but it is beautiful. I mean, I mean, this is bad news for businesses though, right? This, this whole movement it's, it's, this should not have to be a movement at all. That's the it, thing. That, that is the, that is the thing. That is the biggest problem. Like, why is there such a term as quiet quitting? Why do you, you know, it's just like, oh, I hustle. Like, you you're it's not hustle i mean doing your job isn't hustling it is i I mean i don't know i've always had this weird kind of i don't know disdain for this that that you're allergic to this word yes i am i am allergic to the the to the term we we know we we've heard on numerous occasions my my work ethic i i i kill myself in 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 many cases on projects to make sure that they get done. I am not the living proof of the quiet quitter. No, but you, I, you totally get it, but I totally get it. And, and I, I do not. And I swear I would prefer nobody follow my example. I would prefer that everybody give that really effective 40, 41 hours. I mean, you know, really to be quite honest with you, like 40 hours. Divide, you know, eight hours, divide that by three, you know, you got eight hours of, if you want a really healthy life, you, you got your eight hours of work, you got eight hours of sleep, and then you've got eight hours to yourself to just enjoy your life. And your responsibilities. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And I'm asking you to sacrifice that for me and my project. Let me plan better. If people are doing, if they're highly engaged, like let's just call it employee engagement if you want to put an hr term on it right people are going to do better like the and which 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 means what does that mean that means the business is more profitable and so this to me again comes back to leadership and the um most most people that i see have an inability to step away from the steering wheel and work on the business because they're just so busy working in the business and they're doing that inefficiently, right? Like there mm-hmm. are better ways to do things. This is something that I'm researching because I'm doing a keynote for AIA Kansas's 100-year uh, anniversary. And it's like, what's the next 100 years like, right? <laughs> well, yeah. what's the next five years like? What Architects can't plan their way out of a paper bag, right? So <laughs> how- both ends cut open. Yeah. So, so what's the next five years, smarty pants, right? And it's, it's, what's really interesting to me is that there is so much tech happening, but, you know, just, just riffing on the efficiency word that I used, there is so much tech happening, but, and this is kind of the crux of my talk is this, there's innovation happening by innovators, but it's happening on top of other innovations. So this curve is kind of exponential. It's like up and to the right hockey stick style, right? Big time. Mm -hmm. And then there's adoption and like 
adoption is just like a flat line, right? It's, it's like, I, I'm finding sources that are saying, you know, like, if I, if I look back through it, it's like 50% of firms who said they were going to adopt BIM in 2017 still haven't done it, right? It's like big, it's big numbers, right? And, and it's like BIM's been around for 25 years. I don't know, a long time. And I understand it. Like, I can't, I can't just like say shame on you because like, if you're early, you're going to spend a lot of money. There's a lot of dead ends. There's a lot of false starts and you don't know what's going to work and what isn't. You have to develop standards. You got to build the tools. You got to build the resources and you get to be first to do that, which means you don't get to build off anybody else's work. Right. So you're going to spend more. So on one on one side you have first mover advantage you 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 get to reap some benefits of er, being an early adopter of innovation on the other hand you're going to spend more doing it because companies that waited 10 or 20 years to adopt bim like somebody already forged that path and you get to kind of build off of where they started right you get to take the advantage of the things that they did ahead of you and and it's way safer right to adopt later but at the same time, like this, these two curves on the graph are farther and farther apart. So because the number of innovators and the number of adopters are on completely different levels, right? There might be a, a smaller set of innovators. But again, like the definition of innovation is it's, it's happening on top of other innovation. So it is, it's just skyrocketing. And adoption in AEC in particular is very low. How do we close that gap? Right. And so that's the kind of thing that leadership should be focusing on in architecture firms, not at the drafting board, not at the CAD, not on the BIM. Like part of that is mentoring other people to the business of architecture and how to think like an architect, how to be an architect, how to be a great architect. And part of that is where are we headed and how are we going to get there? How are we going to get adoption to happen of this technology so that we can get the work done in the 40 hours rather than the 80? But don't you think that the biggest disconnect of that is the, that say the firm owners or the mentors that are trying, you know, that are trying to enact change in the profession are still going about it in a very old way of doing things by, you know, it's just like, yeah, that's great that, you know, you know, all of this stuff, you know, all of this technology that's supposed to be making us better, but I still need you to be 40 hours billable. Mm. Oh yeah, no. This and, this is one of those things where you can't have somebody doing both things, right? Yeah, you have and, to dedicate exactly. Yeah, and and it definitely goes back to reinforcing your argument that you know, with you know, adopting the change is going to take a very concerted effort to change your thinking to adopt the change across the organization, (laughs) not just one person's responsibility who also has to work on projects. Right. Right. Because I mean, say here I am managing a, you know, a project right now that's got eight buildings and I, but then also it's just like, yeah, but we also want to do an animation, but we also want to do, you know, these are VR walkthroughs and all this other stuff. Can you make sure that we do that too? as well as make sure that everybody's, you know, pulling their 40 hour billables on all of this stuff. And just like, it, it's, that's not, that's not how it works. I heard of this great, this great term. Uh, it's uh, attributed to Steve blank is the, the name, uh, but <laughs> calls something that some firms do innovation theater. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is like, Oh no, we do. We, we do digital DFMA. Yes. We do, yeah, we do all these things. We do, uh, 
you know, generative design. And, and, and yeah, it's like, we, we, we put it in our marketing materials is what we mean. Right. And it's, it's hilarious. I, I just, I read that for the first time. I thought it was awesome. Oh, it's a great term because, you know, I, wow, that actually, I love that now. I mean, yeah, not, instead of uh, actual innovation. So I'll, I'm going to put a link to that article. It's on a Harvard business review, but I thought it was appropriate. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in, you know, and then it's just like, you have a client come in, you do the dog and pony show. It's just like, show them the VR, show them the VR. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Get them excited. Exactly. It's just like, hold on. I'm too busy dusting off the machine that we use to do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's good stuff. Some, somehow we, uh, somehow we got here in the conversation. Uh, well, uh, good luck with your, your projects this week. Cause I know you're going to take time for yourself and you're going to have a well-balanced life and you're going to, you know, take that mental health seriously. Deep breath, let it out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh good luck. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out, and don't forget to share it with your friends. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com, where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon.